Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Jill Charton, who is an Atlanta-based celebrity executive and personal trainer and the founder of i4.life, a fitness brand focused on taking 4% of your day, which is just one hour, and transforming it into a healthier and more confident you. What sets Jill apart is her background in physical therapy, which allows her to meet you where you're at physically, mentally, and emotionally. Jill's number one goal is to teach the foundation of the functional rotation, then build and progress safely and effectively. Throughout our conversation, we touch on topics like time management, mental health, nutrition, and training. I'm particularly excited to share this conversation with you because Jill is just a bundle of energy. Like, I know vibes is kind of one of those woo-woo words, but she just brings such amazing vibes partnered with such incredible talent and such incredible knowledge on the subject and really tangible tips. So if you're struggling to get into fitness or feel as though you've got these invisible blockers with regards to fitness, you're definitely going to find this conversation helpful. How are you going this evening, Jill? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm very excited to have you on. You're my first celebrity trainer that has joined the podcast. So very well, thank excited. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a celebrity in the house. <laughs> I'm not. Amazing. I'm not. I just <laughs> You just show up to these things. Yeah, so. I just show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm going to start this podcast the same way that I start every podcast. Usually when somebody moves into fitness training, yoga teaching, nutrition, hypnotherapy, whatever it is that you help someone in a specific way, there's usually some sort of backstory. So can you catch me up today on the context that I would need to know to know why you help people in the way you do today? Absolutely. So I actually started in marketing. My degree was in marketing and I started in corporate America. And then transitioning into that, I worked in the music industry. So still working with celebrities, high high profile clientele. But at the same time, I saw that there was um, kind of an interesting shift into where like where my, I guess, like ultimate desire wanted to go to. And that didn't happen until my husband actually had shoulder surgery. He had a posterior labral surgery, went with him um, to physical therapy, and I fell in love with it. It was a matter of sure, you're helping people in corporate, but at the same time, you're kind of just a number, right? So when I worked in physical therapy, being in sports myself since, you know, the age of three, right? (laughs) It was one of those things where I was helping people and I was getting them, you know, I was seeing, first of all, the therapists help all the patients to get better, whether they're an athlete, whether they were a geriatric, a kid, high school, or whatever it was. It was just something that was so fulfilling and rewarding about that. So I transitioned to the 180, moved forward in it, and absolutely learned so much more about the human body from post-therapy side of things. And I saw that there was a, a really huge need from after, and I don't know if you've been in, if you've had an injury or before, if you've been in physical therapy at all. Um, uh-oh, I, not even I, okay. I did my MCL snowboarding, trying to do tricks I had no business uh, trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Have you been on the board again <laughs> since? I have not. It was that bad. How bad is that? <laughs> okay, I will okay. go. I'll get there. <laughs> you have to do it. You have to overcome that. <laughs> so, yes. so it's one of those things where after, you know, you're talking about your hesitancies, even mentally, like the mental box to where after you get discharged from a physical therapist, they're like, okay, go ahead and go back to your daily routine. There's that mental block to a lot of people or they don't have the confidence and they're going, I don't want to re-injure myself. I'm afraid to go back on the field or go back in the gym. What do I do? And they kind of baby it, right? Until they gain confidence. But there's, I I saw that there was this huge need where, you know, coming from discharging the patient from an outpatient facility, I didn't work in inpatient, just outpatient. And then, you know, getting them back onto the field is a huge need. So Mm -hmm. I started my own personal training business and I've been doing it for almost 13 years now. So absolutely love it. It's great. So massive congrats. Kind of my story. (laughs) That's awesome. So do you specialize in like post-injury and rehabilitation? Like what's your kind of specialty? I do. I do. So I actually did not get my doctorate in PT. Um, I started to, and then I had my first child and my husband is an air traffic controller. So working shift work, it was just really hard to be able to pull on the doctorate and we didn't have any like family here or anything. So, um, yeah, so I ended up basically starting my business as a personal trainer, but I did get a lot of the leads from 
the physical therapist, you know, outpatient facility that I worked at, but then also just building relationships with, um, with registered dietitians, orthopedic surgeons, massage therapists, just kind of my circle, my niche of people that I refer people out to. So it's just a matter of networking where I think that's super important too, as well. Um, because I am a huge fan of staying in your lane. So if I am, let's say I have a client that comes in and has celiac disease. Well, I personally don't have an autoimmune disorder. And secondly, I'm not a registered dietitian, so I'm not going to read your lab work. So therefore I would refer that out. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things to where I absolutely love what I do, but it's, it's kind of, I delegate <laughs> out to as well. So for sure. And I think there's a lot of information out there as well, especially on TikTok. And I, I'm guilty of it too. Like I definitely provide um, commentary on stress management and what I know about hormone health. So how do you as a trainer, like provide the most full service you can, like within your, within your lane? Absolutely. So every human, every person is different and all their needs are different, whether it's emotionally, physically. And I think that there's a level of trust that needs to first happen. Uh, it's not like some, well, I've had some clients that come in and just tell me the whole story, but for the most part, it's one of those things to where that's a gradual, you process, know, yeah. process of where you're yeah, learning to build a trust with each other and everything. So once you kind of gauge as far as, first of all, is this person serious? Cause I've, you know, there's a wide spectrum of a um, little bit of hypochondriac, so, you know, it, personalities to um, addicts, you know, dealing with that as well. So it's one of those things where, let's say if they are an actor and they are constantly, or they work in corporate America or they're a surgeon and they're constantly inside and they're deficient in vitamin D because they never see the sun, especially during the winter season. Well, that's something to where I would say, talk to my registered dietitian or, you know, have a few that I work mm. with. Let's get your lab results. Let's see where you're at. Let's see where your hormone levels are at. And then from there, you know, obviously refer people out. So I personally don't deal with that, but I will say, Hey, here's who you need to contact. Who's here's who you need to go see. And then let's get the results. And it's all about taking those baby steps. Cause a lot of it is, you know, like you were saying, there's so much information online where mm -hmm. people will just kind of self-diagnose themselves. And instead of looking actually what's going in on inside, I think that's key. So if we can start from the inside out and just work on, Hey, what is going on inside my body? And then attack those one by one. I love that. And that's so straightforward. And I love what you said as well. I would be ADHD if I took the um <laughs> if I took all the TikTok seriously. I'm like, is everyone not ADHD according to TikTok? Jeez. I mean <laughs> I distracted we, sometimes. You have seven seconds, right? And then like, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm bored. <laughs> so. Exactly. You've alluded to a few mental health things, like, especially like, and I love that you asked me the question, like, have you gotten on back on the board? <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really curious, like, what kind of mental blocks do you see as the most common in your field of work? Are you talking about coming post therapy? Fitness, in fitness, just, in, just fitness in, fit in general. Yeah. So, so a lot of times people have such a huge, I guess, like their mental block is more or less like they're trying they're just trying to find motivation and they don't know where to start. Mm. So motivation is key or they might not have their end goal. And so they're kind of just reaching for all these goals, like saying, Oh, I want to look like this or I want to, you know, and so it's, it's not realistic. And so I think the first step is knowing, I know it's over said, but knowing your why, right. It's mm. knowing the end goal is what I like to say. And then working your way back, kind of like an engineer. So it's like, okay, if this is your end goal, I had a, a client who basically she wanted to be able to walk down. She was obese, but she wanted to be able to walk down her daughter's aisle, right? Or down the aisle. Well, I can't talk. She wanted to walk down her dot, you know, down her um, down the aisle under her daughter's wedding. And her orthopedic surgeon was saying, "You need a bilateral hip replacement because it you you just can't, you know." So she was determined to take those baby steps mm -hmm. to really attack her nutrition, to really do the due diligence of putting in the hard work and dedication to where she didn't need to. And like, I love that story just because to see where she came when I first met her and to see her be able to walk down, you know, the aisle and everything for her daughter's wedding was so, it meant a lot to her daughter too, as well, you know, and to the whole family. So I think it's one of those things where every single person is different with their mental blocks, but I see a lot of people saying they have self-doubt and they're saying, you know, oh, that I want to do it. And then a couple of days later, they just lose that motivation. So did I answer your question? Definitely. <laughs> I yeah, felt definitely. Like I was all over the I'm place there. 
I'm typing away. I'm not going to tell if you can tell, but I'm typing away with all these follow-up questions. How does one get to a powerful end goal like that? Because I think most of us are like, oh, I want to lose weight for this vacation, or I want to like fit into this dress at my high school reunion or whatever. And that's a pretty shallow goal. Mm -hmm. So how do you get to that end goal? Right. And it's okay to have that goal, but you know, the, the times where I hate where people just put it off is they wait until the point of where they have diabetes. They wait until mm. they have a heart condition. They wait until they completely have, you know, an anxiety attack because they don't know how to put time towards themselves and to be able to, you know, just really have the daily discipline. And I know it's hard, but a lot of people have in their mindset. Do you remember like insanity and P90X? And, you know, when was that? When did that come out in the nineties? No, early two thousands. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, the, I don't. Um, okay, so it basically when they had all these like at-home programs to where people were getting injured. And so if there were people who didn't really have any sort of previous you know sports like they weren't in sports or anything or previous um Right, yes. I, I guess form like they didn't have a personal trainer that worked with them with form or anything, they got injured because they were just basically following this this person on back in the day when there was DVD, right? And mm. so for me it it's a shame because it's like, okay, well, first of all, it's great to get people off the couch, right? And to get motivated. But at the same time, if you're not listening to your body and if you're just following somebody and you're not truly just doing the rotations over and over again, you will get injured. And so I think that one thing to to keep in mind is knowing your body best as well. Um, So a lot of people who came into physical therapy, I constantly would ask them, where are you feeling this? you know, what are you feeling first of all? And where are you feeling it? And how, how are you feeling? Is there pain? What type of pain is it? Is it deep? Is it superficial? Um, do you have any numb, numbing, tingliness? And so I really learned to take those questions and apply it to when I train and, you know, one-on-one setting or even in a group setting. Uh, a lot of my clients are probably thinking that I'm like, you know, the the Charlie Brown teacher where I'm like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but, you know, super annoying. But I genuinely want my clients to talk back to me because only they know their body, you know? So yes. when I'm working with somebody, it's like, okay, where are you feeling this at? How are you breathing? You know, when are you breathing? That's important too as well. So I'm always constantly just trying to gauge them and just see like where they're at and how they're feeling. So. For sure. No, I love that. And, and it's really a coach's job to extract that because it's one thing to say, Hey, um, tell me if this hurts here or tell me mm-hmm. if this hurts here, because that's not where you're feeling it, but where you should in air quotes be feeling it. But it's also the other side of it is having the courage to speak up. And I feel yes, like a lot of people yes. in the gym envir- environment already feel a sense of anxiety. So mm-hmm. you're providing that platform for people to be able to get to know their bodies better, which is really awesome. Right. And my biggest thing is leave your ego at the door, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a non-judgmental zone because I feel like when you do go to the gym, a lot of people think, oh, people are looking at me. I don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. And honestly, people aren't, they don't care. They're not looking at you. (laughs) You know, they might just be like staring at you. Now there are gyms absolutely where it's a meat market and they're trying to hook up. But, you know, for the most part, (laughs) a lot of times, you know, people, people are just ask, you know, ask a personal trainer, ask somebody who works there and more than likely they'd be willing to help out. So absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Most people are friendly in the gym. Um, I think that's another thing where social media doesn't always serve serve us. Like, yes, some horrible Mm -hmm. things happen in the gym, but it makes good publicity. That's why it gets all the views online. That's (laughs) not what happens day to day. Right, right. Right. What other things do you think um, affect people's motivation? You mentioned self-doubt so and and also fear. What else Mm -hmm. do you think stops people from getting started on their fitness journey? I think in their mind, they have this super huge looming you know, this, this negative thought of like, where it's like, Oh, you know, I just, I need to put in an hour towards the gym, or I need to be able to put an hour of doing burpees and the hard rotations that people are running and sprints and like the people, the things that people don't necessarily, a lot of people don't like, you know? Um, so I think it really kind of goes back to what is your ultimate goal? If it's just to stay mobile, if it's just to move, I think a lot of times people dread going to the gym and if you are that person then it's like okay let's let's tap into that a little bit more you know why are you fearing that you know if then maybe just switch it up you don't have to go to the gym like go out on a walk just do new things you know just think about movement versus just training you know Mm. so I think a lot of times is they have 
unrealistic goals. And so when you have unrealistic goals, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. For sure. And I think perfectionism goes into that as well. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially like, I know you work with executives as well, especially Mm -hmm. like if you come from a corporate world, you want to execute. So it's like, what's the best training program I can do? And it's always going to the gym because with weights, you Mm -hmm. can, you can progressively overload or you can go down. Like it's, it's whatever you want. Like lifting weights is amazing, but ultimately you don't need to go into the gym to start having a healthy practice. (laughs) Exactly. And it's so funny because some of the CEOs and, you know, VPs I've worked with, it's just hilarious because (laughs) they probably hate me on the front end. And then once they get to know me, they're kind of like, oh, okay, I see how she rolls. Because my answer is always, it depends. When you ask me a question, Mm. I I feel like I answer like a lawyer. Like it just depends, (laughs) you know, because every human body is different. And so really when I start asking the questions, they're kind of like, oh, wow, I, I never thought about this. You know, like, how much sleep are you getting? Are you staying hydrated? When are you eating? <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's all those questions that I feel that they are, they do matter, you know, and they're important. Um, but it's, yeah, I definitely am asking a lot of questions to my clients because it's in the details and the details matter. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. And as a, as an executive, you want the TLDR, the too long didn't read, just like, t- exactly. tell me the short story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. How would somebody self-coach? A lot of people listening to this podcast, they're, they're not celebrities, they're not executives. Maybe there's, there's some finance to be able to invest in a coach, but you know, there's so many different coaches as, as you know, as a fitness trainer. Um, so where should someone start to kind of self-coach to figure out what sort of movement is right for them? So I think a lot of times for me personally, and I'm, you know, everyone is different. I'm an extrovert at heart, but at the same time, if you're an introvert, I get that. I think the first step, so I'll, I'll speak to both personalities, right? So extrovert, I think it's great to try different things. Like whether you're, you want to go to a CrossFit, whether you want to go to pure bar, whether you want to go to, you know, soul cycle, there's so many different modalities of training that I think you should try them all and to see what personality that you work with. Right. Um, I love boxing. So for me, I absolutely love to, to just go in and just go at it. Right. Um, but then I know for me, I also need kind of the slow twitch muscles as well. So I'll go in and just try yoga. And it's good, right? It's like, I I know that my mind and my body needs it all. So if you're an introvert, that might be a little intimidating and super dreadful for certain people. So I feel that, you know, just by going like different things like Aloe Moves or Lululemon, like they have different, studio, you know, trainers on studios that are Peloton even that you can go in and see, hey, which trainer do I like? Which which do I really gel with or like? Um but also goes also, excuse me, goes back to your history as well. Have you been in sports before? You know, have you had any injuries? So if you don't have the range of motions in your articulations, like your wrist or your ankles, you probably shouldn't be putting serious weight. If you're going into a CrossFit gym, you probably want to start off with the basics until you get that range of motion. So you don't injure yourself and you don't compensate. So it kind of just, again, it depends, right? <laughs> I'm <laughs> it saying depends. It. it depends. I love it though. I love that you're speaking about your personality as well. Like that extroversion mm-hmm. and introversion is huge. Like an introvert may be okay with going into the gym, but they want to zone out. They want to put on their big headphones, zone out, like be with themselves and be with their breath. Whereas an extrovert, like they would be so comfortable in that CrossFit space, in that competitive space and like building. And in fact, if they go to a community where they're not interacted with, it may drain them, you know? So that's such an important thing, like figuring out what energizes you. Right. And it's interesting too, because I'll do a little bit of both. Um, people are like, okay, well, when do you work out and what do you do? Like it's mm. two questions, you know? And so for me, it's like before my kids get up out of, you know, bed, I have to get them to school. So for me, I'm up at 4.45 in the morning, 4.30, and then I'm hitting the gym, you know, at five o'clock. And I know I have a solid hour, but at the same time, if I get a half hour, it's better than nothing. Um, but I will say this, I will say that sometimes look like we're all human, right? We all have mornings where we don't feel like it. And sometimes all be like, you know what? I slept like crap. <laughs> it's <laughs> horrible. I just want to go in and just, you know, cause I train out of, um, I have like a, a gym basically out of like my house. So mm. it's great that I can just, I'm super, you know, lucky where I can just go down and train out the house. And I think that COVID really taught us that too, that we don't need a lot of space, right? We don't need to, like, we don't have to go to a gym. We can just get a great workout in our own place. It's just, again, goes back to that self-discipline. Um, mm. but I will say that some days, you know, accept where you're at. There's days where if you feel like, you know, you can't push it or you just didn't give it your all, that's absolutely fine. Um, there's days where you're just going to crush it and you're going to feel on top of the world and like beast mode. And that's awesome. Right. <laughs> um, but just accepting the fact that even 
every day you're not going to be, you know, on par <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> you yes, can take all the absolutely. pre-workout you want, all those double shots of espresso you want, but sometimes it just, you know, might not work. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Exactly. And that's the same for a lot of goals, not just fitness. I'm curious though, with this time management piece, like how do you ensure you don't fall off the bandwagon if you skip a skip a day or on those days where you skip a workout, do you do something else? Like how does that consistency look like? So I think consistency is key. And with the 4%, basically that's one hour. So 4% out of or one hour, if you take 24 hours, right? 4% is one hour. <laughs> I really <laughs> struggled to articulate that. <laughs> wow. Um, so the thing is, is that a lot of people say, well, I don't have an hour out of the day and to even work out or put towards myself. And it's like, really, when you break it down, you probably do. Maybe you just need to get up a little bit earlier. Maybe you can squeeze in a workout before dinner. Um, and if that's not the case, it's finding your time. And even if an hour isn't going to work, do 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, or 30 minutes for lunch, right? It's all about movement. And it's all about when you're moving more. And when you are just active, you're going to feel so much better. And a lot of times that will tie into nutrition. And so if you can't get your workout, let's say you're traveling and a lot of people that I work with, right? They're traveling 80% of the time. They're living in a plane or a hotel. So for me, it's like, if you don't have access to a great gym, even at the hotel that you're staying at, there are different things that you can do in you know, your room alone. But at the same time, even if you're, you know, let's say you didn't get a workout and you were just back-to-back meetings all day. I think that, if you can focus on nutrition, nutrition is 80% of mm. having a lean physique, in my personal opinion. Yes, hereditary does come into play as well, but I really do think that nutrition is key. So if you can at least control what you put into your mouth, I think that is at least something that you can control versus getting a workout in. So that's what I would kind of recommend. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's at least placing that value in yourself, number one. And I certainly do relate to some of your clients when you are traveling and then you're in back-to-back meetings. But the reality is, unless you're answering emails till till 10 PM, which can also be, you know, when right. you do have a big day of traveling. So I definitely right. relate yeah. to that piece, but you can make a choice to prioritize yourself um, rather than those, those emails. Right. Right. And I think that's what it is. Like prioritizing yourself, just like what you said is maybe you just put like you would put a doctor's you know, appointment in your in your calendar, right? Just put that in for this is your time to, whether it's to meditate, whether it's to work out, whether it's to do some light mobility stretching, like whatever it is, you know, then just put that in and respect yourself to do it. Because every time you're choosing not to, you're not valuing yourself. And so I think that if you can really choose to say, you know what, this is, I'm going to do this for me, then every single day you're consistent about that. You're actually putting yourself first and you you will become more confident and you will demand respect. But also, like I said, you're going to value yourself more. So I love that. And it's all those little choices that build the momentum, like momentum mm-hmm. and like motivation. And I'm saying that in air quotes for people that are listening is built from consistent execution. That's, mm-hmm. that's where like that new person comes from and, and where that confidence comes from. You got to be right. crap at something to be good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love seeing that confidence just ooze out of my clients, right? By the first time I work with them. And then I just see it and I love it. 
but I love it. Sometimes I won't even say anything. And I love that they acknowledge it and that they see it themselves, you know? So mm, it's, it's yes. super, it's empowering. It's really cool. I still have clients from Australia and I see them on social media now, like just crushing it in a group fitness workout. Like one client in particular, I used to go to group workouts with them because they had no confidence to go to them themselves. And now I see them on social media doing like crazy CrossFit style <laughs> hit workouts. And I, that's just awesome. Like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing them as well? <laughs> Show them yeah, that. Yeah. No. Oh well they, oh, okay. they can see my content in um sure, sure. it's more so the clapping emoji. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um you did allude to nutrition though, and I agree mm-hmm. with you. I actually um the way I kind of put it on the pyramid is like what can't your body live without the longest? And like number one, it's sleep. So I think sleep is really important. Then I think hydration is really important. And then it's nutrition, then movement. That's just the way I kind of, it makes sense. Uh, no, I absolutely much. agree on every single one of those. Yeah. That pillar that's yeah. Right <laughs> awesome. We're alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, you know, as a fitness trainer, like I definitely think nutrition is more important than movement. So I would love to hear your take on like how to fuel your body in the best way possible. Absolutely. So I think a lot of times speaking on to women, right. And even with, with men too, as well, I think a lot of times when they're trying to, let's just take the typical scenario of people want to lean out, right. Mm-hmm. Not even build muscle. Let's just start with leaning out, losing weight. They think about restricting. And so they're like, Oh, well, obviously I need to restrict my calories in, in order to lose weight. And a lot of times I think you're setting yourself up for failure for a lot of times who people have that mindset. If you can think about more, I'm going to add things to my my diet or what I'm eating. I hate the word diet, but I'm going to add nutritional things. I'm going to do it for fuel, right? So adding an avocado, like good healthy fats, adding nuts, adding hemp seeds, adding like what salmon, you know, like fruits and berries, adding things that you might not typically eat and just doing it one at a time. Because the more we try to change, if we're like, oh, I'm going to drink over a hundred ounces of water. In addition to I'm going to like, you know, do these meals a day and just, and if you're super, super strict and diligent, I guarantee you it's not going to last long. I mean, look at all of the, all of the Americans, right. From like <laughs> New Year's day, all they want to do is just like work out hard. And then two weeks later, I swear the gym just turned into like bars, right? Like they should mm-hmm. transition into that because everybody just eventually starts to kind of lose that motivation. And so I think it ultimately comes down to is, you know, what are your short, short-term goals and then your long, long-term goals. So Mm. having those both locked down and having the accountability to where you can have your group of support system, I think is huge. So. I love that. Like what you can add to your diet rather than what you can remove. So like, if you have like, I don't know, jam on toast every morning, maybe instead of just cutting the jam on toast in half, it would be like have jam on toast with two poached eggs. And that seems more achievable. And then eventually maybe you might remove the jam, but at the start, you don't put that mental pressure on yourself to remove it. Right. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I love food. I I love all types of food. There's, Mm. and I'm super lucky because I'm not allergic to anything. So um, I just, I just love food, all types of, you know, ethnic food and everything. So for me, it's a matter of if you tell me not to eat something, the first thing I'm going to do is whether it's wine, whether it's dark chocolate, <laughs> whether it's, you know, like any type of any type of food at all, I'm going to focus on it and say, I'm not allowed to have that, but I want it, you know, and then I want it more when realistically, if I just didn't put that on myself, then I would be completely fine without, without having it. So I don't know. I, I just think there's tricks of the trade from a psychological you know, standpoint where I think that we can just, if we shift our mindset a little bit differently, then we could be a little bit more successful in those little daily deposits that will create a long-term, you know, success, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you there. I love bread. That's my thing. So, and and I don't <laughs> remove bread. bread. <laughs> yeah, I don't, remove, right. I don't remove cheese either. It's, um, I you live once, like, come a, on, enjoy life, right? Exactly, yes. <laughs> so. I have a lot of guests though that are allergic. They find throughout their journeys, they're allergic to dairy, they're allergic to wheat. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm I'm just such a big fan of bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's all about modifications, right? I mean, it's yes. all about your portion size as well. Mm-hmm. So, and it's all about if you like bread. I mean, there's different types of bread that are quote unquote healthier than yeah, others. For sure. But I think listen to your body, you know? And I mean, if, 
if you eat bread and if you feel great, then that's great. Some people feel lethargic. Some people, like you said, have an allergic reaction to it. And as, at the end of the day, just listen to your body and see how it makes you feel. For sure. After you eat no, it. Definitely. I'm really curious about your husband. So he's an air traffic yeah. controller. I've been in aviation and I know that with ship work, with my team that was in ship work, with myself in ship work, it can be a little bit more challenging to have a routine and have a routine that serves you. So I guess from your personal experience, just as a wife of a ship worker, like how do you embody health um, when you can't, you don't have as much control over your circadian rhythm and routine? So, man, it's, you know, shift work is, I hate it. I hate it because I saw what it did to him. And yes, I'm going to talk about him and and he can, you know, whatever, he'll be fine. (laughs) But the thing is, is whether it's you're in production in the movie industry, the film industry, whether you're a surgeon, you know, and you have to go in and, you know, I mean, there's different types of shift work, right? So shift work in general, not just aviation and air traffic, it's hard. It's hard on the body. And if you're working long hours, it's really, really hard. I know for Chris, my husband personally, he would come home and he would have a day shift. So let's say he would work six to two, right? 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's fine, right? But then you would be um, called in for overtime and then he would come back and he would have to do, let's say an overnight shift. And so trying to fit in where you're going to sleep, mind you, we have, you know, like we have two kids. So, and they're on the younger side. So he was you know, on shift work, he's not in shift work anymore. He just got out of that, which I'll get into that a little bit later. But it's one of those things where um, they have great, the thing that really sh- shook him and really woke him up was because of the the whoop and the aura ring. I don't know mm. if you've heard of those too, right? And so, and then the, now they have like, right now. The, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so, and then the, was that the whoop? Is that what you were showing me? Yeah, it's the whoop. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I can't wait to hear yeah. what you're going to say. <laughs> right, right. So it's great because I think, the, so it's twofold, right? So I think some people can be so hyper-focused on the numbers that they don't listen to their body. However, for him, I think it was a good awareness because he was in this whoop group, right? With a whole bunch of guys. And they're <laughs> like, man, they're like, Chris, dude, you're like, you're dying, dude. You have like 15 minutes of REM, you know? Like, and when you're in shift work for 14 years as an air traffic controller, like you're you're sleepwalking. And so it really took until COVID for him to say, oh my gosh, like I I'm legit dying, you know? I mean, it's, you can't go on for a long time like that with just 15 minutes of REM and shift work and just, you're not present. And so I think for that type of device, like the whoop, it was awesome because it really made him see, he's a numbers guy. So it really made him see like, wow, all the other guys, you know, like that aren't controllers, even, you know, this is what their numbers are. And then he started to kind of do a little bit more research and see what should I be, you know, getting and what's normal, what should I be aiming towards? And I think that was really the start of where he started to take his mental health and physical health a lot more serious. Um, physical health is great, but more mental health as far as mm-hmm. sleep is his number one priority now, you know, and I think it should be for everyone. Because if you think about it with sleep, think about if you, uh, you know, even for moms, right, with newborns, when you're waking up every two hours, like to nurse them or to feed them or whatever, it's like you make horrible nutrition decisions most likely for the next day because you're tired and you're just grabbing because you want energy or you know you double double fisting like double shots of espresso (laughs) just trying to stay awake and pounding the coffee so it's a matter of what choices are you making what type of person are you when you don't get sleep i know i am not my best self when i don't get sleep so it's some people can can rock on for four hours you know sleep a night but at the at the same time it will catch up to you Mm. um Maybe not in a few months, but maybe a few years down the road too as well. So I think that sleep is is huge. So, and all that to say, how do you work with that? Because sometimes he actually changed his job. So he's still with aviation, but he's working more in management. So he's not in shift work right now. And it took work because I trained a neurologist. And it's one of those things where after we did the sleep study with him, I mean, he was like, your numbers are the worst I've ever seen. And so trying to get him back into where he needed to be, it took a solid year for his numbers and everything and his hormones and everything to get back to to balance. And Mm so I really think that taking the time to ask the questions as far as, you know, if you are on shift work, how can I eat healthy throughout this? Maybe it's doing a little bit more meal prep. And not just going out to eat because, you know, you're just constantly like at work or at home or whatever. So taking the time, at least with, for Chris, it was his one day off where, you know, I would help and we would meal prep. And so that way he's at least getting nutritionist or nutritional food. 
um, even though he's on shift work. And then also taking those, those little naps if you can. Right. And so literally we would do everything to try to, like, I would take the kids out cause I had a new, we had a newborn and a two-year-old, you know? And so it's like taking them out to the park so he could sleep. It's just a matter of figuring out what works for your family, right. And in, mm. in your lifestyle. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm giving any, you know, legit advice, but I, I would say just listen to your body. And I'd love maybe trying a device like the Whoop or the Aura Ring. Um, the eight mattress is also a good one too, as well, that it just, it sees, it tells you what, you know, what your numbers are the next day from your sleep. So um, mm. seeing what your HRV is, seeing, you know, what your, like I was saying, the deep sleep in the rabbit, everything. So yeah, yeah, that's good. No, that is really awesome advice because I think a lot of people feel pat not a lot of people, some people um, feel powerless in their health journey because of external circumstances. And it just mm -hmm. goes to show that no matter what your circumstances, yes, if you do do shift work, it messes up your circadian rhythm. So yes, there is an additional and hormones and hormones. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So there's an additional factor kind of against you there, but that doesn't mean that you right. can't change your environment in the capacity that you can change it to make different lifestyle choices. Absolutely. Right. Which kind of brings us to genetics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I find that, you know, there's a lot of comparison around. And I, I, I've made certain observations as a fitness trainer when it comes to genetics, but I'd love to know your take on the role that genetics plays in fitness and what we do versus don't have control over. I absolutely love this topic because comparison is is huge. It can be a Oh, oof. I just, I, I hate it. Right. Because it can be, it, it is, it is a big one and it's, it's sneaky, right? Because a lot of times people don't think that they're comparing themselves to anyone, but really when you dig deep and you're scrolling and you, who are you following or, you know, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Like who are your top five? I think no matter what age group, right. Whether in, elementary school, middle school, high school, I don't care, you know, mom, <laughs> like if you're <laughs> rocking in your 60s, comparison is everywhere. And I think that when you start focusing on yourself from a fitness standpoint, I think that is the number one thing to do. Stop comparing yourself to other people because you're always setting yourself up for failure. Now, I will say that you can have healthy goals, right? If it is something to where you're like, wow, I want to become more mobile, because I feel like it's, I'm, you know, sitting in front of a desk all day with corporate America and I really want to feel better. Okay. Well, that's good. If you follow certain people that help truly inspire you to become better and you're getting great education from them. However, when it comes to the point of where you're seeing like, you know, start to slay people and you're seeing people who are just incredibly flexible and they're basically like, okay, this isn't realistic but then you're constantly comparing yourself to that. You're just setting yourself up for negative self-talk too as well. And so I think that who you're surrounding yourself with, your top five is super key. It's important. Also, who are you following and where are you getting your information from? You know, on any social media platform, I think that's another huge aspect too. And then um, I think also just how are you when, you, when you feel kind of little ways of, self-doubt or you're unhappy, let's say even when, when you're training, because I'm only sharing this just because it happens a lot with my clients to where they'll come in and they'll say, Oh, I want to look like how I was in high school. I'm like, nah, but do you really? Cause you're like 40. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like, I don't think that'd be a good look personally, but you know, so I think like asking, I mean, of course I wouldn't respond like that, but <laughs> kind of what goes in my head, but yeah. it's more or less just saying, okay, well, why do you want to look like that? And what, you know, focus on like, instead of what the number says on the scale, let's focus on how your energy level is. How do your clothes fit? How do your jewelry, your rings, like jewelry, how do they fit and go with that? How are you sleeping? You know, how are you, how's your energy with your kids? Like, are you engaging with them? Do you feel like you're more, you know, you can go out and play with them. And so it's those little daily activities that we do on a daily basis that I think should be what we're comparing our energy level to. And like those numbers versus just the number on the scale. There's people who just weigh themselves every morning, you know, it really, I, I literally have asked my clients, I'm like, either give me your scale or get rid of it or hide it or something. Stop weighing yourself because it sets them up into such a negative mindset first thing in the morning, you know, mm. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. So, cause then everybody else has to suffer because you're in a negative mood. Yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. <laughs> hey, holistic fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. 
As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Really (laughs) random, but you know that Noom app? They say, so I've tried out a whole bunch of different things because I review Mm -hmm. stuff. So I I love reviewing and and I'm a content creator in that way. And Mm -hmm. I did Noom once. And one of the things in their initial training is like, and is weigh yourself every day. And then they they do say that. Yes, it's scientifically proven to help you lose weight. But then, you know, my prior experience as a fitness trainer, not that I think pounds on the scale isn't a measurement that people can use, but there are just better measurements out there to use. And 100%. I see it being detrimental to a lot of people. Yes. So yes. I found that so that's like an example of conflicting information. I was like, eh. Yes. Yeah. No. I, and I know they do that as well. I'm, that's a pretty intense questionnaire that they ask on the front end because I was going over that with one of my clients as well. And it's for me, it's like, okay, if you're measuring your, yourself on a scale, you're just getting the weight. Okay. It could be water weight. You could be, you might've had a ton of sodium the night before, you know, you could have, um, had, there's so many different, you could be on your period. Who knows? Right. (laughs) You could be retaining water. It could be anything. Um, so the thing is, is like, I think the, the top three metrics to, to really kind of gauge by would be the the Dexca scan or the bod pod or the hydrostatic chamber. I think those three are the top gold standards that, could measure everything, right? Especially the DEXA scan. That's like gold standards. It's the top notch. It really measures everything um, to detail from yeah. your body max index. And you could see your total energy expenditure and everything. So um, the bot pod, you have to, you know, wear this sexy little uh, swim cap and <laughs> go with this like spaceship like thing, you know? So it's, they're both, they're great. They're all great devices, but at the same time, the goal is consistency. And mm-hmm. I think the best way to do it is measure maybe once a month or once every two months or once every three months, whatever works for you and whatever fits in, you know, your budget and your time, I would say just be consistent. So if you're doing it first thing in the morning, after you go to the bathroom, you know, but ass naked or, you know, maybe with like <laughs> compression shorts or whatever it is, then do it. Just be consistent. So it's not this roller coaster and this yo-yo. So I agree with you though. And I was quite surprised with the Noom's uh, process with that. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Not saying it's wrong. I was just a bit, a bit surprised. And I think another really great measurement and you kind of alluded to it when you said, um, you know, when somebody says they want to be in a high school body, you ask why a lot of it is because of a feeling they had back then or the feeling mm-hmm. they think they'll have. So sometimes exactly. a really great measurement is 
how often did you feel good enough? How often? I love that you just said that. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I literally just got the goosebumps because it's so powerful, you know, because it really is, is when was the time? Because a lot of times my whole thing is like, what truly brings you joy? Mm. And a lot of times people, they don't, they don't know. And it's like, okay, well, if you have a hard time defining that, then maybe think about when was the last time you genuinely felt not happy, joyful, right? Mm. They're two different things. So it's a matter of um, like one's in feeling, one's in emotion. So I really think that if you can tap into what truly and genuinely brings you joy and then go back there and do more of that, I think that will bring this sort of like, you know, new awakening, I guess, but then, you know, someone to where if they start to do more of that, those things, they'll become just a better overall, healthier, happier person. Mm, so. Yes, that you're so right. And that also ties into what we were speaking about at the start of this podcast at that end goal, you know, that mm-hmm. her walking down the aisle with her daughter, that mm-hmm. was a feeling she was attached to. That was something emotional mm-hmm. she was attached to. That was an experience mm-hmm. she was attached to. So once we can tap into what joy is and what gives them that sense of purpose, we can attach not that fitting into the dress for the wedding is bad, a bad goal. There's just other deeper goals that we can get to from that place of joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that question as far as, you know, what makes you happy or what, you know, what truly brings you joy. So, or like what brings you energy, you know, if you want to feel energy. So sometimes if clients will say, I just want to feel better, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's <laughs> dig more into that. What is that? Like to find that, you know, cause let's unpackage it. Yeah. <laughs> and what does that look there, like? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they say sure. wine. and I do get that and it's like okay well you know I think that's just a temporary fix (laughs) so not bashing wine at all (laughs) yeah exactly don't don't rid yourself of anything but probably not the thing that your soul's purpose is here to do (laughs) right I love that we've spoken about a lot today Jill so I want to open it up to you before we move to the final question is there anything you really wanted to speak about and share that you didn't get the chance to today I just really, really am super passionate and want to share that I want to encourage everyone that's listening to really genuinely put at least one hour, if even if it's 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, um, but just put that time towards yourself. And I really think that we will become, and that will kind of push them to become better. Um, sometimes we think, oh, just scrolling and watching Netflix, you know, then it's just like, mm. Does that, does that really make you happy? You know, because really you're just vegging out and you're numbing your brain. You're just being entertained. Is there something that we could do where it's a, it might look a little bit different and not bashing that at all. Right. But I'm just saying, maybe just write out a list and journal things that really ultimately bring you happiness and joy and then do them. Right. So it's not just working out. It's a lifestyle, right? It's it's anything and everything. It's just getting outside. Maybe it's, you know, um, and, and I really want to encourage to do that, not like not with a family or not with your best friend or not with, you know, a friend, like doing things that bring you ultimate joy as a person solo without anyone else. So mm. I love that's that. I that's, encourage. that's such a good note just to prioritize yourself in, in whatever way mm-hmm. that looks like to you. But hopefully after this podcast, incorporating movement into that too. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course. Amazing. Well, we do have a final question. And that final question is, we're fast forwarding a few decades here, um, or several Mm -hmm. decades here, um, your 70-year-old self. They're they're here beside you. Girl, I'm almost seven or I'm almost 40 right now. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, really? Well, (laughs) move often. If you're watching the shorts, then move often (laughs) and you will look fabulous. Yes, your 70-year-old self. What would she yeah. say to you right now? Uh, wait, can you say the question again? I, I, sorry, I yeah. interrupted you. So now I'm, I'm no, no, confused. That's fine. What would I say? What would my 70-year-old self say to me? Yeah. What wisdom would yeah. she impart on you right now? What do you need to know? Live life. Live, seriously, live life. People get so caught up in the day-to-day and they don't take a look at... Like if I was to look at myself and my life from 10,000 feet in the air you know, it's life is so valuable and so short and so precious. So I would say, you know, just, just live life. And I'm, I'm huge into like being present, but also, yeah, sure. Having, you know, your goals, right. So it's kind of a little bit of future, but you know, present. So I don't know, I would just honestly say live life and 
every single person, like when they hear that, they're going to think of different things, like what that means to them. It's going to mean different mm-hmm. things, right? So, um, but that's what, that's what my seven-year-old self would say. Of life, yeah. have fun. And it's such a great, yeah. simple way to put it as well, because I think sometimes day to day, we get stuck on these minute details and place so much mm-hmm. value on them rather than focusing that like l- life is so much more than the little detail yeah. we're focusing on. We can have fun and we get to enjoy the journey. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I think like when we think about how grateful we are too, you know, and just the, you know, at least like for me personally, I'm so grateful for my health and the fact that I have that and make sure my kids know that too, (laughs) you know, I think it's good. So instantly that, but yeah, that's what I would say. Well, what would you say? To my 70 year old self, it would definitely Mm -hmm. be like, stop sweating the small stuff. Um, Yeah. I have a lot of goals and I'm extremely hard on myself. Um, I juggle a few different things. As you know, I'm an executive for a startup. I've got this podcast. I also sell a goal getting journal and I want everything yesterday. So it would be similar in terms of live life, but my live life would be like, don't be so so hard on yourself. Everything's going to work out. Just Mm -hmm. absolutely let it happen organically. Yeah, just let it yeah. happen rather than forcing or it. Organically. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's for sure. And I think just like having that mindset too, when you let things work, you know, happen organically, it's just, it'll fall in your lap when it's supposed to. And I think yes. you have such a great open personality and, you know, you're very warm and inviting and very friendly. So I think, you know, you'll just be able to, yeah, stop being so hard on yourself. come on any day Jill (laughs) I'm serious yeah no you're such a it's such a huge light you know and I yeah stop being so hard on yourself dang it (laughs) I love it I've got Jill my 70 year old self everyone like stop being so hard on yourself (laughs) Uh, no I really appreciate you and I'm sure that so many other people have connected with your positive energy and and breadth of knowledge as well so knowledgeable and <laughs> very holistic as well with the the energy and the different personality styles and, and you attack things from different angles so how can we all get in touch with you and learn more about you well you can go to social media um it's just my first and last name pretty much on any social media platform it's jill charton c-h-a-r-t-o-n it's really charton but everybody in america is like charton <laughs> so <laughs> Joe Chaton. um no but or you could just go to www.i4life.com and it's f-o-u-r so basically the whole four percent right so um but it's just spelled out as four so yeah you can find me there. (laughs) Amazing. And I'll definitely have all of those details in the show notes as well. It truly was a pleasure having you, Jill. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Have a great night. You too. And for everyone listening to the podcast, whether you're in the car, vacuuming the house, whatever you are up to listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.